Oh my, we're back. It's been a long time, but we are back with the Preventive Medicine Podcast. For those of you guys who are brand new listeners or just forgot who I am because it's been so long, my name is Dr. Raghav Sharma. I am a resident physician and I'm host of the Preventive Medicine Podcast. And yeah, it's been a while. Our last episode was uploaded on May 22nd. And um, obviously it is now September by the time I'm recording this and you'll be hearing this, I believe on September 12th. So it has been quite some time. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about kind of where the podcast has been, where I've been, some life updates, as well as um, a little bit more on the podcast. So there won't be too much on preventive medicine in this episode. I'm sorry to disappoint, but no fears. There is a lot of preventive medicine coming at you back with this podcast, which uh, will hopefully be more consistent as far as week to week. But first, let's get this intro going. Overcoming saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths, we must now face a new enemy, ourselves. With the rates of diseases such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, depression, and many others ballooning, we must find a better solution to these modern epidemics. Welcome to the Preventive Medicine Podcast. We believe in building a foundation of health by means of prevention so that you can build the life you want and find fulfillment with no barriers. Hear from experts around the country on how to take your health into your hands. Take control and build a foundation of health for the life that you want to live. And now, here's your host, Raghav Sharma. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Like I said, my name is Dr. Raghav Sharma. Um, for those of you guys who are either brand new or have forgotten, I'm going to give a brief recap about this podcast, about myself. So um, like I said, my name is Dr. Sharma. I've been a resident physician for all of two years now, so I'm kind of brand new to this doctor title. But I've been passionate about preventive medicine for quite a long time. I am also a personal trainer. I'm a physician. And I overall want to help people live their best lives through kind of living healthier lives. And the best way to do that in my eyes is prevention. So I'm training to be a physiatrist which I'll expand on later into this podcast. So make sure if you've never heard of that specialty to stay tuned for that because I'll give a kind of full-length explanation of what that is. Um, I am also a personal trainer, so I've been personal training um, for since 2015. So it's been about seven years now, going on eight. Um, and I overall just love helping people. Um, and that's what brings me joy. And that's one of the parts that uh, brought up this podcast. So we launched this podcast in August of 2020. Yeah. It has been quite a long time. It's been over two years. In fact, I missed our two-year anniversary, which was on, uh, I believe, August 13th is the exact day that we launched our first episode. Might have been... Actually, no. Sorry, I'm confusing that for something else. It was actually August 1st was the day that we launched our first episode. So yeah, it has been well over two years. Um, we have 58 episodes out there, I believe, before this one. So not quite weekly, as I said it has been, but there's been a lot of kind of interruptions and it gets difficult on a kind of schedule as a resident physician. But I'm not going to make any excuses. I just should be more consistent. But there are 58 episodes out there. So if you are brand new to this podcast, then there is already so much good information already out there. As far as preventive medicine, we've talked to so many amazing guests on this podcast who just bring so much value. And still, I hear some of my colleagues uh, that mention that they just heard of the podcast and just started listening to it and that they've gotten such tremendous value out of it. Um, I had a friend who commented that he listened to our sleep episodes with Dr. Chris Winter and with Dr. Jade Wu, and he was blown away. He like immediately found some sort of uh, application to his own life um, and just loved the episode. So he is now an avid listener. Thank you. Um, but 
let's get into kind of the meat and bones of this podcast. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the timeline of where I've been. So if you want to interested in any of this, then you can skip ahead a little bit, probably around 10-ish minutes, and then you'll get to the physiatry part of what that is. But don't don't skip around. If you guys are into this podcast, that's me. So you probably want to know a little bit about the host, and that's this part. So like I said, we released our last episode on May 22nd. And at that time, I was finishing up my intern year. Um which was a transition year down in Chicago. And I was working in the emergency room. So I was working um, emergency room night shifts. Um, and we kind of scheduled, had uh, shifts stacked everywhere. So I had some days, I had some nights randomly thrown in there. But the last podcast, when it was released, I was doing night shift. And the reason that that date is so significant is because um, after that, it got very difficult being on ED. The schedule is kind of erratic. Um, you don't have any kind of consistent. Sometimes you have shifts that start at 10 a.m. and end kind of later on in the evening. Sometimes you have shifts that start at 6 a.m. Sometimes you have shifts that start at 8 p.m., 10 p.m. They're kind of staggered. That's how emergency rooms typically work, where they have staggered coverage because there always has to be a physician there. You want it to be kind of uh, a little lapse. Um, sorry, no lapses. You want uh, some sort of overlap is what I meant to say between when physicians come in so that you can get good transition of care for patients in the emergency room. And that's just kind of how it works. So scheduling for podcasts was very difficult during that time. And it was also just kind of all over the place as far as um, my sleeping schedule and everything else that was going on. And that leads into the second part of what happened, which is June 25th, I got married. Yeah. I'm actually I'm not wearing my ring right now because I just worked out and it, gets in the way of that. But I got married on June 25th. And that was another reason that there was not any episodes coming up because between the emergency room shifts of kind of being erratic all over the place, the last month before the wedding planning and everything, it got hectic. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot going on. And the podcast was something that I do for fun. I don't make any money from this. I do this purely out of um, a hobby, purely out of me trying to bring good information out there and talk to incredible people. It was one of those things that kind of falls to the wayside because there's so many more important things going on. So the entire month of June happens. I get married on June 25th. And then the wedding, if you guys know me personally, was incredible. Um, I'm not going to talk about that here. But after that, I finished my intern year. So my wedding was essentially the last week of my intern year. So I finished that. So there's a lot of things already going on within June. And then to make things even a little bit harder or more complicated or more um, stressful, I guess, I moved. Right after our wedding on June 25th, um, I'm supposed to start at my PGY2 program in the state of Wisconsin in Milwaukee on July 1st, essentially. So I got married on June 25th and then we moved. Uh, the wedding was in Los Angeles in California. And then we came back to Illinois um, in like June 27th. And then I moved that exact day. So June 27th, I moved from Chicago area up to Milwaukee area, which isn't too far, but a move is still stressful. It's a brand new area. You don't know anything. You don't know anyone. You're moving to a brand new place. Obviously, this setup that you see behind me um, wasn't here when we moved in. So there's the entire building, the setup whatever. So moves are intense. And then I started my PGY2 program, which uh, for those of you who are not uh, familiar with kind of the naming of these residency terms, PGY2 means post-grad year two. So the second year after I graduated medical school. And for me, it's really when my real training started in the specialty of my choice, which is physical medicine and rehabilitation, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But but starting a new program in a new state, there's a lot of paperwork that goes with that because you have to be credentialed in the state. You have to be kind of registered with that program. There's whole new insurance stuff. There's a lot of paperwork. And also, you have no clue anything that's in the state about how this program works. So it's just adjusting to the program. And that does take some time. It takes some time to get settled. So that was essentially the entire month of July. And then we get to August and 
at this point, this is something that uh, it just gets a little bit more difficult with scheduling is that one of the things about physical medicine rehabilitation is that it is not one of those specialties where you have shifts all over the place. You don't really have night shifts. You don't have very early mornings. Um, it's kind of consistent eight to five, nine to five, nine to six, all these things. So typically it takes up most of the workday and it gets difficult to schedule podcasts because a lot of people who want to come on these podcasts, my incredible guests, uh, they want to schedule during the workday. So it gets difficult um, and challenging to kind of schedule some of these podcasts. So that is where the month of August has been. But I have been recording episodes when I've been able to. I currently have, I think, five or six episodes already recorded. And what I like to do is I like to record a ton of them at once and then just consistently release them because... It's a lot less pressure on me to kind of put this all out with the entire schedule that I have so that I don't have to kind of record, edit, and do everything. And I want to make sure that every episode is high quality. I'm not just kind of pumping out information out there um, because I believe in quality. I want to make sure that every episode is packed with some sort of information that you will get value from as a listener. Um, and it's something unique as well. We don't need another podcast that is talking about, all right, bro, this is how you do it. You go to the gym. This is what you eat, all that kind of stuff. I want to talk about things that other people are not necessarily talking about. Once again, to bring that high quality content and high quality value so that you can actually get something out of it. And it's not just a repetition of the hundred other podcasts out there. So it gets difficult. But since August, I have been scheduling and recording episodes. And that leads us all the way up to where we are now, which is September. So this is where we are. Um, one of the other things that I want to throw in there personally is since the wedding, I think the entire month of June and July, I did not post very much on social media outside of personal things as far as wedding. And one of the things that I've seen on social media is that it is getting more and more crowded with very short form content that has a very short attention span. And there is more and more clickbait as far as health goes. And it's much harder to get good quality information out there because it's just not something that the algorithms are pushing out there. So one of the things, especially with my own personal content, if you follow me over on Instagram at underscore Raghav Sharma underscore, um, is I typically post things about, uh, the body and physical function, injury, sports medicine, all that kind of stuff, and expand on various topics relating to the musculoskeletal system. And I've absolutely loved doing that in the past. I think people have gotten some great value from that, but those posts don't tend to do very well because they're a little bit more scientific and I can't be bothered right now to kind of cater to the algorithm with reels and all these different kinds of things. So I've been a little disillusioned with social media recently. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to lie, which has made creating content and scheduling these things a little bit more challenging as far as my motivation to do so. But I absolutely love the podcast. I love talking to my guests and I can't wait to bring these episodes out for you. So we're going to keep going on. But before we get into my PGY2 program, um, which is physical medicine rehab, I'm going to talk a little bit about my intern year. Now, for those of you who do not know how kind of uh, medical education is set up, you do your undergrad, which is kind of the basic and then basic part of it. And then you go to medical school. Um, a lot of people do master's degrees and whatnot in between. I made the choice to go straight through. Um, so you do four years of medical school. And then at that point, you are a doctor. You have gained the degree of a MD or a DO. However, if you want to practice um, in any capacity, you need to do at least an intern year and complete the third level of your board. So your internship is kind of the bare basics before you can be a practicing physician. And after you've completed your intern year, you're typically set up to become, you are knowledgeable in as a physician, as a general physician, you know what you're doing. Now, if you want to further specialize in things such as whatever it may be, even like family medicine, internal medicine, whatever, you need to complete a residency. Now, 
oftentimes interneers are built into these programs. So, uh, for example, in family medicine, internal medicine, your interneer is built in and then you finish doing another three years. So it's a total of three years after medical school. For me and the way my specialty is set up, you do an interneer, uh, which kind of you get a general base and have a good understanding of what you need to do and what your role is as a physician. And then after that, you further specialize into what the specialty is, physical medicine rehabilitation, which we'll talk about in just a second. But um, the main point and main takeaway is this, is that the engineer is to really get you familiar with your role as a physician. And I can say, and I can think that a lot of people after that first year have a very good kind of base of being a physician. And back in the day, actually, um, if you read kind of old medical uh, novels, whatever it may be, a lot of people just completed an intern year and then started practicing as a physician. You don't really need to complete a full residency. You were able to do a lot after just completing an internship. Um, however, they were quite a bit more intensive than what they are today. Not saying they're not intense like what they are now, but back in the day, they were really, really like drag you through the mud, everything. But an internship is the bare bones you need before you can really call yourself a physician. Um, so that is kind of uh, what that intern year is. And I do feel a lot more competent as a physician. I've faced a lot of um, very interesting situations. I've faced life, life and death situations. I've faced the basic bread and butter situation. So I'm pretty comfortable with a lot of medicine now. But obviously, there's a ton more to learn. And I think one of the best ways to uh, kind of describe how an intern year goes is that you start on this uh, on that Dunning-Kruger effect curve, you know, where it kind of goes up like this, then there's a giant trough, and then you start gaining slow traction upwards as you get more and more competent. Well, I think at intern year, what happens is that you are at that point where you're definitely not at the base anymore. You got to the trough where you think, oh, I have a pretty good handle on things. I can do things. And then once you get to midway in your intern year, things just start going downhill as you start to question yourself more in a lot of these decisions because you get more and more autonomy as you go on during your intern year and as you go on through your overall residency. So I think in that Dunning-Kruger curve, I definitely got to that peak at some point where I felt I could handle anything that was thrown at me. But now I'm at the bottom of that trough and I am at that point where I feel like there's so much to learn. I know absolutely nothing. And that's kind of one of the things that residency is like um, for those that have not gone through it or do not know anyone and have any of their friends that have done it either. So that's one of the things about residency and what I learned from my intern year is that, oh man, there's whenever you think you know something in medicine, there's just like so much more about that one topic that you didn't even think about. Um, and then that's, it's just medicine for you. So that's one of the things. Um, one of the other things that I learned during my intern year is the liabilities and kind of the things that bind physicians within their practice. And a lot of medicine has to do with liability, unfortunately. And this is one of the things that hospital systems have kind of um, shown physicians to do more of to make sure that your documentation is perfect so that there's less lawsuits, all these different kinds of things. And you learn a lot about these liabilities. Um, when you actually start practicing residency, because when you're in medical school and you are kind of uh, rotating through these different fields, you're not thinking about that. You barely know medicine at this point, and you're just trying to stay afloat. You're trying to understand what the residents are doing, understand what the attending is saying. You don't really care about that. But once you get to your intern year, you have somewhat of a base of medicine. You started practicing, but now you learn why physicians do certain things instead of others because of liability, why documentation is so important, why they say if anything happens to a patient, make sure you document it. If someone says something to you as a recommendation, make sure to document it. There's just a lot of liability that goes into medicine. And that's something you start learning during your intern year. Um, and one of the other things that I learned outside of liability um, that kind of relates is that physicians work 
really hard. Um, it obviously depends on the specialty that you go into, but um, they have a lot to take care of. There's a lot in their minds. Patient care is never ending. And every patient you see is someone that gets stored into your brain because you start thinking of the things that you could do for them. You start thinking, oh, what if I try this? What if I try that? And in the case of like ICU physicians, there's constantly a million things that you need to know about every single one of your patients. You might be taking care of 10 patients, 15 patients. You have to know every single minute detail about that patient because every situation in the ICU could be life or death. And any decision that you make based off of a little bit, bit of information could be, once again, life or death. So physicians just have to know quite a lot. They have to work incredibly hard because the it's not like you can just fail a quote-unquote project or the project doesn't get delivered on time. It's nothing like that in medicine. This is people's lives are on the line. So you have to know and you have to do you have to know all of the details that are relevant to the kind of situation and you have to make sure that you're acting on top of it. And one of the other things that comes along with that is that if something happens at any time of day, we're residents and obviously we're working on our shifts, but at the end of the day, the attending is the one who is taking care of the patient and they are liable, which is where this comes in for that patient care. So if anything's going on, that physician is getting called. It could be 2 a.m. It could be like 8 p.m. in the middle of a dinner. If it's urgent, then there is something to call that physician about, then you do it. So I've learned just how hard physicians work, how much they have to know, and it's absolutely insane. Um, so there's there's obviously some specialties which are more intense than others, which is a whole other podcast, but that's one of the things that I've taken away. And then the last thing I've learned, which kind of segues into my specialty of physical medicine rehab is that Building resiliency in general to life is incredibly important. And oftentimes when you're in the hospital, you see people who are very sick, um, people who unfortunately have many chronic diseases that complicate their conditions that makes it much harder to kind of go on that course where you're going to start getting better. Because at some point, these chronic diseases take such a toll on your body and take such a toll on your overall health that even no matter what medicine can do, it might not be enough to save someone's life or to make their quality of life better. And this is where developing resiliency to life comes in from. And this is where the idea of preventive medicine comes in from. Because if you take care of yourself and if you challenge yourself daily as far as physical activity, as far as trying to eat a health-promoting diet, if you take care of yourself as far as sleep, you, by doing those basic things and practicing what you would uh, call preventive medicine, you are building resiliency for life. So if, if life throws something at you, let's say you are a 60-year-old, you've um, done everything quote-unquote right, but somehow you get a heart attack. Sometimes things happen in life. You are much more likely to have a good prognosis after that event than someone who has multiple chronic diseases um, that are affecting kind of the care for that. And it might be a much harder prognosis and much more difficult time for them to get back to what they were doing or to or to even reach a new baseline. So overall, developing resiliency to life is incredibly important. The last thing you want to do is um, kind of let all of these chronic conditions take over you, not take any sort of control over your health from what you can do. And end yourself in a hospital bed, end up in a hospital bed where you have all these things going on um, and you kind of don't have control at this point and you may or may not be able to enjoy your life after that. So this is one of those things about building resiliency to life and why I harp so much on preventive medicine and one of the reasons behind this podcast. So 
We want to take a quick break to remind you that this podcast is not intended for medical advice and is for educational and informational purposes only. We also want to remind you of our Instagram page at PreventPod, where we share various content relating to each episode that you can share with your friends if you enjoy our episode. And lastly, don't forget to sign up for our mailing list so you know right away when an episode goes up at www.thepreventedmedicinepodcast.com. And with that, let's get back into this episode. That leads into what physical medicine and rehabilitation is. So that is my specialty. It is a specialty I've wanted to do for quite a long time since honestly, before I started medical school, which I was very fortunate to find out about it before then. But what that giant kind of phrase, physical medicine and rehabilitation really boils down to is thinking of the body in kind of separate systems. So what we use is the internal uh, international classification of functioning, disability and health. So you think of body functions, activities, and participation. That's one of the best ways to break it down. And what that means is that you think of every function that the body has, whether it is a musculoskeletal system, the cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, gastrointestinal system, all of those systems, and you think of how those apply to the various activities that we do in our lives. Now, as a very bare bones basic example, we have the musculoskeletal system. So let's say someone tears their ACL. As far as activities go, they can't participate in sports. So let's say they were a football player, obviously with a torn ACL, you're not going to go play at Friday night high school football game, right? That's just a basic activity that you cannot participate in due to that injury. And then um, when you get to participation, like I was saying, you cannot participate in that activity. So it kind of builds on each other. You have the body function. You have the kind of musculoskeletal system, the ACLs function within the body that goes to activity. What you can't do, you can't run, you can't go into kind of um, these explosive movements, all these different kinds of things. And how does that impact the participation? It limits your ability to play in games, to maybe enjoy time with your friends, all those different kinds of things. So that's a very basic example, but you can take any part of the body and extrapolate it through that same system and how it affects your participation. And that is a lens that physical medicine and rehabilitation takes when it comes to patient care. So we're not thinking of, okay, this person's heart is, they have coronary artery disease, let's say. Let's fix that coronary artery disease. We're thinking, this person has coronary artery disease. It impacts their kind of activities in this way. They have reduced amount that they can walk because of their coronary artery disease. Um, and that impacts their ability to play with their grandchildren, um, walk around the mall with their friends, all those kinds of things. So our entire field is focused on helping them with that body function. But at the end of the day, helping them with their participation in an activity, finding ways to help them modify it, finding ways to help them overcome whatever that body function or limitation might be. And that is the entire point of physical medicine rehab. Now, what type of patients do we see? I talked about people with sports injuries, but I also talked about people with heart disease. So physical medicine rehab spans almost every kind of patient. We go from pediatrics all the way to geriatrics. We go from very healthy people who have basic sports injuries, although it's very sick people who might be getting a heart transplant. Um, yes, you can get a heart transplant and be a physical medicine rehab patient. So we can see all kinds of patients, but it's about the philosophy behind kind of the field and not so much like the kind of practice that we do. So our entire thing is helping those people with whatever has happened to them in their lives and helping them get back to what they were doing, either at a modified capacity, at a lessened capacity to the best of their new ability, or getting back to what they were doing originally so that they can continue enjoying their lives. So that is kind of the bare bones of physical medicine rehab. And I guess what we do on a day-to-day -day basis outside of that can vary 
kind of drastically based on the patient population that we're seeing and based on the issue that happens with that patient. So you can have uh, fields such as sports medicine, which obviously you're seeing patients who have sports injuries. You're helping them out as far as diagnosis of that sports injury. You're helping them out with any sort of treatment non-operatively that you can help with. Uh, for example, you can perform any injections if you need other sorts of diagnostic testing with ultrasound, with electromyography. You can do all of those different kinds of things up to the limit of surgery. So you're not taking anyone to the operating room, but everything else within that is fair game. And that's one of the cases. And in another instance, let's say someone has a stroke and now all of a sudden they have decreased function of their right arm and it's just kind of stuck in a position. We can perform Botox to help them regain some function of that arm. So maybe they can feed themselves a little bit better because that arm functions better. There's a whole range of things that we can do in physical medicine rehab and that is what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, what I want to do with it is focus on the musculoskeletal system, more so through sports medicine so that uh, people can move better. And I believe that being able to move uh, at your optimum capacity is one of the best ways that we can build resiliency to life. Because at the end of the day, activity counts for a lot. There's so many benefits to exercise. There's so many benefits to keep moving. Um, and I think keeping a optimal and uh, healthy musculoskeletal system is one of the keys to kind of improving a lot of our health. So this is one of the things that I want to do within physical medicine rehab and why I'm going through residency. So I am in my PGY2 year, but that is the first year of physical medicine and rehab residency. And including this year, there are three years. So I will be a PGY4. And then after that, there is a fellowship, which I will likely do in sports medicine. We'll see. It might change. Probably not. But so it'll be a total of five years after graduating medical school until I am a full attending. But in the meantime, obviously, I'm still going to do the things that I enjoy while I'm learning more about sports medicine. And that includes this podcast. So let's get into the podcast. This is the uh, preventive medicine podcast. We talk about things relating to preventive medicine, which means helping yourself um, kind of enable yourself to live the best life possible by reducing as much risk as you can for the various things that might come up. So that typically relates to chronic disease, but it can also relate to so many other things out there. And that's one of the things that I love exploring about the podcast. For example, there's things such as your environment that impact quite a lot of your health that we don't think about. There's things like climate change that might impact a lot about your health that you don't know about. Um, there is people in other parts of the world, such as parts of global health, um, what you would call, um, where basic kind of sanitation counts as preventive medicine because you are preventing infections. There's just so much to preventive medicine, and this is absolutely why I love this topic. And there's so many different ways to kind of promote risk reduction, and that is what I explore on this podcast. So one of the things that I've been struggling with is new kind of topics and new guests about all of these kind of thing. So I've talked a lot about kind of things from the musculoskeletal side. I've talked to personal trainers. I've talked to physical therapists. I've talked to other physical medicine and rehab uh, physicians. I've talked to a lot of people about it. And um, I've talked to a lot of people about kind of the cardiovascular system, about the GI system. I've talked a lot with the approach of medicine. And now I want to start scoping out of that as far as the other things that affect us, such as what we call the social determinants of health. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have heard of it because you're probably interested in global health, population health, preventive medicine, and the social determinants of health are very big when it comes to that. And this comes to our environment, kind of our income levels, our access to transportation or access to food, our education levels. There's so much that goes into it. And these are the things that I'm exploring. And I already have some episodes recorded that I think you will really enjoy. But 
getting guests to talk about these episodes is a little bit more challenging because one of the things that I've been trying to do on this podcast since day one is make sure that every episode I have is evidence-based and is up to date on kind of the information. Because the last thing I want to do is put out harmful or incorrect information. And being a, a physician, I understand kind of some of the evidence when it comes to the body systems. I understand the cardiovascular system. I understand what is likely evidence-based. And if not, I can do a much easier literature search for if something is evidence-based or not. And then when it comes to climate change, how do I know if someone is saying something that is evidence-based versus not? If I have no background in it, it's much harder for me to conduct my own kind of literature reviews because I don't know what I'm looking for. Um, so it is much more challenging. I put a lot of time into finding my guests. And when it comes to these guests, sending out an invitation could take maybe four or five hours of work of researching them, listening to their stuff, reading their papers, going through all of this. And then if you send an email, they may not respond. So I send out probably dozens, if not uh, like about like 50 emails a week on inviting people. Okay, let's not say 50. I'd say maybe a dozen emails a week on inviting people. Um, and it depends whether or not they want to respond and whether or not they have time to schedule an episode. So that is one of the hurdles when it comes to this podcast. So for now, I think as far as when it comes to a schedule is we'll, we'll, we will release episodes bi-monthly. So there'll be two episodes a month. And in that way, we'll have a little bit more consistency. I'll have more time to record very high quality episodes so that I can bring you some great value to it. And it'll be a little bit easier for me to keep up with that schedule. So that's what I'll try to do. Um, one of the other things that is difficult with this podcast is scheduling episodes, like I said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, during the day, which obviously now I have a kind of regular um, hours job um, as far as my residency schedule goes. We don't have nights, so I'm not... When I was on nights, let me tell you, it was very easy to schedule podcasts because most of the guests, they schedule these meetings during the wor their work day and they don't want to schedule it when they're off of work or when they're away and when they're enjoying time with their family. And that's, they have every right to do so. Um, I think that everyone should be enjoying their lives, obviously. And if they don't want to schedule at that point, that's great. But if, if I was on nights, I would wake up at maybe like 9 or 10 a.m., um, obviously not sleeping that much, but, um, and then you have the entire day up until like six or 7 PM to schedule episodes, which leaves a lot of time and a lot of flexibility for my guests to come on. But now working between the hours of seven and let's say up to seven would be my maximum schedule. It's very challenging for guests to schedule episodes late at night at 8 PM. Let's say they're on the East coast. That's already 10 PM from them. Um, it's, it just gets challenging. So that's one of the difficulties that I'm facing. And the last one is content creation. Now I have traditionally put out YouTube videos, um, of all of the full episodes. Obviously I have these podcasts out on every single platform. Make sure you subscribe if you are not already so that you know when the latest one drops and it's already pre-downloaded onto your favorite podcast player. Um, so those are the two main things. But outside of that, I've largely used Instagram for posting content related to this episode because it's the uh, it's the kind of format that I'm most familiar with. Uh, it's a format that I've used the longest. Um, and I've made kind of short clips of the guests and kind of blurbs that I think are very high value. I've made quotes that I think are high value. And those are the two main content types that I have been using. But I find that they don't actually get that uh, out there. Like, I don't think that what I think is a very important message as far as preventive medicine, it's not shared as broadly and as widely as I would love it to. And obviously everyone wants to post to go out there and do amazing. And I don't care that much about that, but I want the message to be heard. And I don't think that the current algorithm for Instagram is the best way to do that. So if you are listening to this and if you have any suggestions of things you'd like to see as far as content goes, 
I'm an open book. Once again, this is a hobby. I'm not an expert in any of this by any means. I'm just trying to get the message out there that we should be trying to build resiliency for life. So if you have any suggestions, please send them over to me. But for now, what I'm going to do is be continue to be uh, active on Instagram and post kind of these short videos as far as real formats and continue to post quotes. But one thing I also want to start doing is exploring topics through a deep dive. Um, and I'll find different ways to do this. But if you have any content suggestions, please let me know and I'd be happy to incorporate it. But that's it for this episode. It's kind of a real quick episode on some updates. So I told you a little bit about where the podcast has been. I told you about some of my reflections from finishing one year of residency, my intern year. I talked about what the field of physical medicine and rehabilitation is. And if I have done it justice and you're a physical medicine rehab kind of physician, then let me know if I did not do it justice, especially let me know so that I can find and fine tune my explanation of it. Because you get asked everywhere what physiatry or physical medicine rehab is. It's still relatively a small field. Um, and then lastly, I talked about the podcast. I talked about kind of some directions and content. So I hope you guys are very excited for some of these episodes because I am super duper excited. There are some great stuff coming your way. So make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on YouTube so that you get this video version with this brand new kind of studio background setup um, and with my guests so that you can see their face. Um, also, make sure that you are subscribed on all your podcast player of choice, whatever it may be, if it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it may be. And then the one thing I'll ask you to do if you're listening to this, if you get to this point, then thank you so much for listening and supporting. If there's one thing I can ask you to do, it is to rate the podcast and please leave a review. And that is one of the best ways for podcasts to kind of get out there and to gain new audiences. So if you enjoy this content, if you're looking forward to more, then please uh, help me out and do that. Um, but outside of that, thank you guys so much. I'm excited. There will be a new episode out next week. And then after that, we're going to do bi-monthly episodes. So stay tuned. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Preventive Medicine Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us spread the message of prevention, first off, rate and review this podcast. Second off, you can find our content on our social media platforms at PreventPod. That's P-R-E-V-E-N-T-P-O-D. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.